right. Welcome to another episode of the Church History Road Trip. Uh, my name is Rick Kleiner, and I'm joined as always by my partner in historical crime, Greg Moore. Greg, it is election night in the United States. How are you doing tonight? I, sh- they have no, I have no reason to be exhausted, but I, for some reason, I just feel exhausted. I, de- I, didn't, I did early voting here in North Carolina, yeah. and that was yeah, honestly the easiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I have friends down in Georgia that spent like 11, 12 hours yeah. in a line, and I, I love representative democracy, but I don't know that I love it 11 to 12 hours worth. I think I would just get an absentee ballot or something, but, but Hey, hats off to you. If you did that. Yeah. For those of you still sitting in line, hopefully not right now, because this is going to be released tomorrow morning. So hopefully you're not still in line. (laughs) You went to the wrong building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we are, uh, yeah, I did. I also did the early voting here in North Carolina. And again, I, it was, I was in and out real fast. Um, Got to take my, my son with me. Got to see an example of democracy. We got to have that special moment where he got to see how dad was voting. And then we hit it from the rest of the family because um, very political, my kids, they, uh, they get very upset real quick. Uh, not so much, but anyway. Um, so I thought what we could do tonight as we talked about, since this is election night in North Carolina, uh, the thing about church history is that it, every year if you teach it, and I've taught church history, Greg, you've taught it for a number of years, um, you've always got to add to the curriculum because history always um, adds more. And thought what we could talk about tonight was the the times that we're in. So we're going to really fast forward um, the the road trip to today and talk about what we're going through now as as a Christian church and what might be the, um, you know, 10, 20 years down the road when people look back at right now, what are some of the things that they're going to say? When we're teaching this class um, 20 years from now, okay, so I, I I'll be 64 and dude, I'll have no filter. Um, you'll be about 80. And so <laughs> I'm younger when, than you. When I'll be on my yacht in the South I'll, Pacific. <laughs> I look better, but yeah, yeah, you are. Um, but yeah, we when we're teaching this 20 years from now, how are we gonna share what the church went through during this time? And there's a lot to be said by that. Um, so and we'll talk about this and we're gonna be lighthearted as we possibly can be, because that's just us. But there's some serious stuff I, we were talking about earlier, um, whether it be, being the election or COVID-19 or, or whatever. One of the things that I have to say is I've kind of been disenchanted with the way Christians have responded to one another for differing opinions, uh, specifically on social media. And that's something that, like I said before we went on the air, the idea that you know, tomorrow or whenever we figure out who the president's going to be or whenever we go back to any kind of what might be considered normalcy, we're going to have to talk um, to our brothers and sisters again that we have said some pretty ugly things to and about. And I'm not so sure we can walk that back so fast. So I just want to kind of chat about it and get your take on it. Well, I was going to take a different route today. What I was going to do, I was just going to go district by district and just tell people how to vote. I thought there's no, there's no one else doing that. So, right. Uh, That's what we need. I don't know more if we have of. the time for that. We need more of that in our, <laughs> in our culture right now. Yeah. yeah. So I, I agree. It's, you know, civility and all that. Um, it's, it's a lost art. 
I say lost art. People have been jerks in our politics in America since we've had politics. Even before there was a nation, we weren't that great at politics in our nation. And uh, so, you know, part of me is like, okay, it's not that surprising. But at the same time, I do think there's going to be impacts on the church, um, at least in the, in the short term, if not long term. Um, certainly, there have been trends since, you know, after World War II onwards, there's been a kind of a trajectory of evangelicalism, kind of a, a boom, and then kind of a, uh, in the last 20 years or so, it's, I would say, a reshaping of it. I remember an article Ed Stetzer did in, uh, I think it was in, USA Today, but it was basically based on a bunch of research that I think Lifeway at the time had done concerning evangelicals in churches and why people were leaving. And it ended up being basically that it wasn't advantageous for non-Christians to be in the church anymore. It wasn't like a social thing anymore. And so um, a lot of people left the church for that. And his, one of his points was, yeah, that's a good thing. But uh, so, so what we have left in the church then should be at least if we're talking statistically um, and I still don't think there's a whole lot of research around that other than a couple of those polls but the people that are left in there should be quote-unquote genuine Christians people that that should be more or less inclined to believe what the Bible says to to act on that and yet at the end of the day we have something like these political discussions where you have people in the in the same small group, even yeah. that might be wildly different. And um, he, here's the thing for me: I, I I grew up thinking, listen, if you're on the other side of the aisle politically, there's no way you can be a Christian. It's, it's impossible. Right. Um, and or or if you disagreed on this or that, that that's a a major issue. Even it probably wasn't, you know. Um, and so I guess what I've been trying to wade through not only during this election, but really for the last 10, 15 years is finding people that disagree with me on these political issues and yelling at them. No, (laughs) finding these people and then trying to understand why they like basically what the rationale is. And, you know, I come away from, from it saying, I disagree with you, but I understand where you're coming from. Or I'm like, Hey, you make some good points. Yeah. Agreed 100% with you that civility is, is something that's missing. Um, and, and, and I remember, and I don't know if we, I don't know. I know in our high school, we're not actually teaching this, but, um, but debate, like what, what is a debate and, and, and how can you do this with, with charity and, and with understanding? But right now, I mean, what's happened is things that, things that we've seen on social media for the last 10 years are spilling out into the, to the real world, yeah. where it used to be we'd say things like, oh, you wouldn't say that to my face. Yeah, we're saying it to people's face now. And we're seeing debates where two guys are saying it to each other's face and being um, talking over one another, not actually listening to one another. Yeah. And it's sad that there are, there are young people are watching. It makes me... Um, cringe a little bit, especially when I'm teaching these things. I, so I just, just just recently taught a session in my apologetics class on ethics and what is our ethical foundation? What is a person's, how do they operate their system of ethics from? Is it um, more of a, a deontological idea where there is a set of principles that has come outside of us? Um, either it could be divine command, 
uh, it could, like like in Judaic Christianity or or in Islam. Could, is it from the Constitution? What is it? And, and then the other, there's also the utilitarian idea, the the ethical egoism idea. We, we just talked about a lot of these things. Where is it? How do you operate your ethics? And it really kind of shows the students. It uncovers their, oh, I, I never really thought that that's how I operate. Um, and, and just a lot of people don't think that way. So civility, I think that's, when we, for, when we forget to realize that there's other people who think differently than we do and they have a, a valid reason for thinking the way they do, um, when we forget that, we lose civility. Yeah, I, I, someone described it as the dehumanizing of, of the other side. Yeah. And um, we see a lot of that. And that's what really turns me off a lot of times in social media. If, if a political person does something, I would say, like morally wrong or 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 even maybe even subjectively questionable or something like that. Um, some of the comments will be name calling or mm-hmm. will be, uh, you know, something, something that's not beneficial really to anything. It's just, um, it's childish in a way. And so, um, but, but you see a lot of that as, as opposed to saying, all right, here's what you said. Here's where I disagree with you. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not as catchy, I guess, for a lot of people. And it requires you to think through the yeah. actions and actually listen to yeah. the other person, which again, we're not very good at in, in this age. No. And, and I think that's what, I think that's a result that we're going to see in the next few years with the church is these ad hominem attacks that have been happening. Um, they're, they're going to leave craters, you know, these bombs we've lobbed at each other. Yeah. Um, they're leaving craters. And, and what I'm concerned about is our, generation of those those younger christians who are they're in our churches right now they're in their let's go and say put them in around 20 to you know 15 maybe 20 to 13 i i picked those numbers because they're at that place where they're they're really catching on what's going on and they're able to read deeper ideas they're able to see that um around that time, the, the, that age that generation that group of, of christians they're going to see this and and I'm concerned that they either get disenchanted and they're like, well, if this is what Christianity is, I don't, I don't want any, I don't want any part of it. Not right. that they would leave the faith, but rather they'll just, they just won't, they won't, they won't see, I guess you'd say activity within a local church as something as vital and which is dangerous. Um, you know, you know me, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big ecclesiologist. I'm big on that the local church matters, being plugged into a local church is is so vital to the health of a christian um and i i just see if i just fear that that might be a consequence of a lot of this this bomb lobbying that we've been doing yeah yeah there's a lot of people that now are i would say on the fringe of evangelicalism and I, i kind of alluded to some of the people i knew last time um that kind of have left not necessarily i wouldn't say even changed a lot of their doctrine it's just they don't feel at home for whatever reason inside the church now it could be a multitude of reasons but a number of them have mentioned the i guess the um the political ideology seeping into into their church and like you know what i this is not christianity what what you're saying in from your maybe from the pulpit or even like i said in small groups or things like that 
the hostility there, those kind of things are driving those folks away. And I guess we have to kind of determine in our churches, I'm not, I'm not even saying you can't ever be political, but um, make sure that what you're teaching isn't, isn't your opinion, isn't subjective opinion that you're, that you're presenting as, as biblical truth, if that makes sense. It does. Um, uh, our pastor this week preached a sermon. I think it was a, he did a phenomenal job. Is I've said of, of all of his sermons he's preached. He's been our senior pastor for about five years now, and and this is this is the best one. This was hands down. He's done some great sermons. This is the best. Um, he preached out of Matthew six of uh, the Lord's Prayer: "Your kingdom come, your will be done as er, on earth as it is in heaven." And then he addressed the idea that the only hope we have in our world today is the coming kingdom of God. In the meantime, we are, our job is as good citizens to do things like vote because it's just part of our job. And he brought me and another pastor uh, up on stage and he, he didn't know which one he was giving to us, but he gave us, um, he gave one of us uh, a Trump sign, a Trump Pence sign and the other one, a Biden uh, Harris sign. And he talked about, he goes, pardon? Did you fight? Uh, no, cause it was, oh. it took a while to figure out which one I had. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, he, he pointed, he said, okay, when some of you see this sign, um, you, you know, th- of this candidate, you think this, this, and this, which are positive, but there are some who see a negative and they did the same with the, the other sign. And he said, um, all right, guys, put the sign down. He goes, all right, now you just see pastor Rick and pastor Harper. And what if we saw them this way rather than the other? What if, what if we saw a person who doesn't vote the way you do as still a human for whom Christ died, who has a relationship with Christ, who finds his or her identity in Christ. Um, what if, and it was just powerful, you know, it was powerful. And we had people commenting, Pastor Kivett had people commenting, said, I've never thought like that before. I've never, I've never even heard that from a church pulpit, which I think is sad that, that that's not what's being taught in our church. Um, I think it is, uh, for the most part, but I think the ones that have the loudest voices um, are getting more credit than they need to, yeah. where they're making one statement for one or one for the other, or they're fighting each other on social media. Um, I, I just, or I just, I just find it disenchanting, especially when we know of guys who, you know, just, I mean, it's as out there. So like, so Piper has written an article, um, Keller's written an article about it. Al Mohler wrote an article about it. And they all had different opinions. And then Grudem wrote an article. And so, and, and I don't know if you've read any of these, but yeah, I have. yeah, but, but they were all, I think they were well-written and they were done in, in charitable re- ways. They, they yes. weren't attacking anybody. Um, but the, the, the vitriol that got thrown at them for, if, if you were, you know, if you're this guy supporter and this guy, let's say Piper didn't talk, you know, he seemed, to talk against that. Yeah. Well, you went after John Piper. I mean, you loved seashells. <laughs> you loved seashells 20 years ago, but now you're going after your boy Piper. And it's like, so, man. Let me share with you a little story. Um, through an interesting series of events, I I was at a castle last, last week. I love your stories. <laughs> and I was, my, my, I don't know. I was there with my, my wife and there was supposed to be like a, it was it was for a particular ministry they had rented out, I guess a castle of some sort. some poverty level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, 
It was a Joe Osteen ministry. <laughs> oh, oh, now now we're on that. No, no, no. Okay, it had been now, donated man. to them. It had been donated to them. But anyway, okay. so so I get there, and my wife immediately says, "Oh, I have to go help someone with something." So she went off, and she leaves me. This is the scariest moment in my life, probably. I'm at this get together without my wife, who is pretty much my social connection. I, yeah, amen. I, I, don't, I, agree. I don't do well in social uh, settings in general. That's why I went into church history, by the way. And, um, and same here, man. It's just, it's just par for the course. So I, I went into this game room, this billiards room, and they are all talking about uh, their political candidates. And, and I, I just, I had had a whole long day and I, I was not in the talking mood. So I was like, how am I going to, like, I just want to extract myself from this conversation. I'm not going to lie to you. I turn around and there's this bookcase with a handle on it. Mm -hmm. And I opened the bookcase and it's a, it's a door to a, um, a a turret, like a, like a castle turret tower thing. Mm -hmm. And it was filled with, uh, it was filled with theology books. (laughs) <laughs> it was so weird to say i was like all right well i'm gonna be in here for the rest of the party yeah <laughs> or at least until the snacks come out i'll come right what did that have to do with our discussion <laughs> i was just saying how i always want to pretty much extract myself from political discussions in general just because i don't find them particularly helpful at no point during that conversation was I going to be convinced of their side or they of mine. Right. And, um, and that's, you know, and I, especially at a place like that, I don't really want to start any, uh, you know, some, some brawl or something because there have actually been issues locally here of people that just walk along and get attacked, you know, for one, one reason or the other, but it turns out there was some, political issue involved there yeah it's, it's just crazy yeah it's sad that in the, in the culture that we live in right now that if you put a sign in your front yard what you're basically saying is come egg my house or yeah. uh you know if you disagree with my position um yeah it's 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 tough um so when we're talking about the trajectory of the church we're, we're seeing the negative so we're, we're that book you know every book has here's what's wrong and nobody ever finishes it to see what the author's options of maybe what's the, what's the fix. So let's just do this. Let's, you know, we're, th- we're two guys who teach church history. We can fix the church, right? In a, in a podcast. What do you think it, what do you think we need to do? Um, what can we do? What can a person listen to this podcast? What can they do to, um, to fight against what could be a future trajectory trajectory of the church of disenchantment and frustration and people just saying, you know, I'm done with, like you mentioned evangelicalism. I'm done with that. If that's, if this is going to be a political war constantly, I'm done with it. What do you think we can do? I'm going to dig up Philip Spiner here for a second. The father of pietism. Not literally. (laughs) I've already done that. Literally. This would be a figuratively dig up. Um, So, so his, if, if I were going to boil down all of his writings into one, little statement which it is probably what he hoped that you would do <laughs> really hundreds of years please somebody tweet my whole work please <laughs> basically christianity is not it doesn't work the best when it's community only when it's exterior only and you haven't internalized any of it yeah and so for me and i did i did this for pretty much from 2004 
all the way to probably 2016, I was very much removed from politics altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's why I had gotten, I'd gotten so entangled in it and it was um, like during high school and parts of college, it it was, um, it was a really big part of my life to the point where I thought I would, I might even like go into like running campaigns or something like that. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't cause I would hate that. <laughs> but, um, but it, it absorbed everything to the point where political affiliations were alienating me from other people, mm-hmm. um, from people in the church, from people from outside of the church. And, and so I, I actually just stepped away from all of it yeah. and just said, I, I'm going to seek first God's kingdom. I know that sounds really yeah. like pious, but yeah, um, Jesus said it too, so it's okay. You're in good company. Yeah, but but really, that that was my that was my goal. Just yeah. this is what I'm going to shoot for first, and it was it was actually very relaxing. And I think I think it's okay to say to people, listen, if it's if it's bothering you mentally or socially, if it's hindering your witness, it's okay to step back from things. Um, don't feel like you have to have a vocal opinion on everything. In fact, I would suggest you not. Mm. Um, but to me, that was, that was helpful just, just to get my priorities straight and say, listen, I might, I might be on the opposite political end of the spectrum here from this person here. But before all that, it turns out we're, we're brothers in Christ. You know, we, yeah. we can connect on a, a different level. And we can just agree to disagree on some stuff and it's totally fine. Yeah. I would, I would add, I mean, I would agree everything, what you just said, I totally agree. That's what, how we need to do to, to change that future trajectory or to, to face it. Um, I think if I could add anything, it would be for, um, for Christians to really begin to dig into um, what it means to do. I would say, I mean, I guess I could use the term research or just art, able to articulate and, and, and taking, I'm going to use the term cautions. You're taking the thoughts captive. Why do you think the way you think? Why do you do um, what you do? And, and really just really work at it. Like, okay. So when you, when you go to the bat, you know, to the ballots, when you go to the ballot box, uh, are, are you just going in you know, going straight down the line? Are you doing any kind of thinking whatsoever when it comes to that? Are you doing any kind of research as to these candidates? Um, but I would also add to that more of the concept of when be more being charitable in our disagreements. And I think that goes across the board with, Mm -hmm. with anything we're dealing with in Christianity. Um, a good friend of both of ours who, um, maybe a listener, I'm not sure his line for us was, you know, to me was always, man, hold your beliefs and him speaking specifically about theological beliefs, hold them. Um, but hold them with humility, realizing that there are men and women of God who've come before you that have forgotten more Bible than you're ever going to know. Um, hold them with humility. And I, and I think that, I think if I could challenge, it would be, may God raise up a, a humble generation of Christians um, who don't become, I'm not saying become you know weak and don't take stands for what's right, um, but, but being humble in our disagreements, being being charitable. I think that's the buzzword of the episode today um, in our disagreements, realizing that, man, th- this is just a temporary thing. Yeah. Um, it really, I mean, and again, 
So I'll just throw a little story in. My story is not as cool as a castle, um, but it's all right. So in 2008, when President Barack Obama was elected, I wrote an article the next day and put it, and, and put it out there. Um, I think the title was called like um, Commit to Submit. And the, and the idea, you know, because good old, you had to rhyme to get your attention. But it, was, <laughs> but it was based on the idea of Romans 13. Like, okay, if you're, list, if you're watching, if you're reading this article, the election may not have gone the way you want it to. It may have. You may be celebrating. You may be excited about the opportunities that, that this new president could bring. Or you may be upset because your guy didn't win. Whatever the case, we as Christians have one mandate now, and that's to pray and for our president and to submit to the governing authorities that are given us. Okay, I, I thought that was a pretty, um, like that was, a, I've written some good articles that have gotten, like, gotten, me up, gotten people upset at me, but I thought that was like the, the bland ice cream of, of anything that I could possibly offer. And the next day, I got lit up in the comment section. Really? Uh, yeah, about you know, how dare you say this about a man? And they started talking about President Obama's policies with the unborn, and and I get it. I get the guy. I get the people's rancor about. It. I get it. So I just responded back and said, "Man, brother, let me tell you, um, please don't hear what you think you're hearing. Um, if if the if the government would ever ask me to go against my Christian beliefs." The answer is always definitively no, because I'm a, my, my identity is found in who I am in Christ as a citizen of the kingdom, the coming kingdom of God, not in anything else. I said, but right now, Romans tells me that, that I have, that my job is to pray for this man, I pray for this, his success, and I pray for the success of the nation in which I live so that, as, as we're told in Timothy, that I can live a quiet, peaceful life and the gospel can be promoted. I think that's where we need to be, no matter what the results of the election are. Um, I'm not sure who it was on Twitter recently, but he said, hey, I resolved to do this. Whoever wins the election, I'm going to pray before I condemn. I'm going to pray for them before I condemn them. I'm going to avoid making them the butt of any jokes. I'm going to seek the good of those around me and promote the kingdom of God. And I was like, cosign, I agree. Uh, that that's how it is. And I just, I just think we as Christians in this generation, we need to get past this and we need, I think not just past it and sweep it under the rug. We got to turn a corner, repent of some ways, some sinful ways we've handled one another, ask for forgiveness and, and, and do things the Christ way and see what happens. Well, Rick, I was wondering if you had any um, resources in mind. Yeah. Now, there are, I, I would say the resources I was going to suggest for this, this kind of topic, um, I'm all about reading uh, the broad idea of these topics, looking at all the different sides, um, not just looking at one particular, uh, maybe, maybe the point you agree with. So I got a couple. Um, first, I'll, I'll start with uh, Mark Dever's book, God and Politics. It's a short, almost pamphlet-sized book. You can read it in a quick afternoon. So great book. And this is from a guy who has been a longtime pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. He's got people in his congregation who are on both sides of the aisle. Uh, I think it's a great book. Um, On the other side of that argument would be Jim Wallace's book, God and Politics. Uh, He takes um, a different approach 
than specifically than Dever. But I think it's good to see the arguments from the other side. There's also um, Shane Claiborne put out a book back in the early 2000s called Jesus for President, where he, he tackles this idea of well, the danger of letting our political um, ideology creep into our, our faith. Um, and then finally, uh, I would add to that um, How the Nations Rage by John Lehman. Um, also, he's a former member of the Capitol Hill Baptist Church, uh, a real great guy, nice guy. You can't, I mean, he's, yeah, I, I got to meet him at a, a pastor's weekend or just a real, real great guy, but well written on the history of how we let, how Christians have let their, their faith um, get uh, sidetracked, or I guess say overshadowed um, by their political ideas. What about you, Greg? What do you got? I have two two books that, that came to mind. Uh, one was um, Bruce Ashford's book, uh, One Nation Under God. Oh, um, I, I don't agree with everything, and this is probably true for a little for any author, right? But I don't agree with everything that that Ashford says. But it's a, a good general book on on how we as Christians should approach politics. Um, one one book that I'm going through right now that I, I would actually would highly recommend. Is Esau Macaulay's Reading While Black. It's about um, it's about biblical interpretation, um, but my goodness, it has so many connections into the political realm, into how what submission to authority means. Um, I just dealt, I just finished a chapter that was dealing with that, um, but it, it was it's been really good. I, I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, one book that was popping in my head um, as, as we were talking about this was um, Augustine's City of God. Um, I think if we're going to be... Another nice afternoon read. <laughs> yeah. If, if we're going to be the church history road trip and talking about politics and church and we don't mention Augustine, uh, boy, did we miss, did we mix, did we miss the exit ramp? Um, now, again, as we've been saying it, we, you know, I, I personally, Augustine takes um, a different eschatological stance than I do, but his view on, you know, how people, after the sacking of Rome in their despair and hopelessness, wondering what was going to happen, he's able to point them to, from the temporal to the eternal and say, listen, Rome was great. Okay, again, this is that boiling in the nutshell of the whole message. Rome, Rome was great. It afforded us safety to practice our religion. Um, but the kingdom that is, the, the city of God that exists, that, that no, it is never shaken. And I think that's something that, even if you don't land your plane everywhere Augustine does, that's the encouraging message, I think, from that book that I've always found was, yeah, no matter what happens on any election night, anywhere around the world, God is in control and his kingdom has no end. And as I was, we were praying tonight at dinner, we did pray for our nation. We prayed God's will to be done in the election. And we thanked God that our hope is not in how the electoral college goes tonight. Our hope is in the coming kingdom of God when, when he rules, when Jesus rules in righteousness and truth. Okay. I would just also like to say, I'm just really impressed we got through a church history podcast ab about the election and we didn't make some stupid John Calvin joke. They were all over Twitter today. Did you see him? It was really bad. 
it was bad. I'm glad we avoided that. It was bad. It was it was funny. Yeah, I saw a couple of them. You know, it was like anytime you see John Calvin with like shades and it says Happy Election Day, <laughs> that's that's classic. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Church History Road Trip. Um, as always, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that with at Church History Road Trip. You can also email us with any questions you may have, maybe future episode ideas you have at churchhistoryroadtrip at gmail.com. Please hit us up on Twitter um, and we would love to meet up with you there. We look forward to seeing you next time.